0: Thanks for downloading our podcast. This is Manager Money, God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries, teaching the best practices for handling money. But today, our focus is going to be on another one of our Bible studies called Set Your House in Order, which you can view at compasscatholic.org. My name is Steve Holbrook, and I'm joined by the co-founders of Compass Catholic, John and Evelyn Bean. While the coronavirus has certainly rocked our world, It's brought the fact that life is short straight in front of us. And it also has shown us how quickly the world can turn upside down. That's why today's topic is all about creating and updating those important documents that you have.
1: This can be summed up from a a verse from Isaiah 38.1. In those days, when Hezekiah was mortally ill, the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Put your house in order for you are about to die, you shall not recover.
2: Now that's kind of a morbid thought, but while we're all sitting around and we have maybe a little bit of extra time on our hands, we're at loose ends, we're really not working, one of the great things you can do is get yourself organized with all of your important documentation. Maybe some of it you have to create, some of it needs to be updated, and maybe it's just all over the place and you need to get it organized.
1: You know, Evelyn, two things are certain, taxes and death. And now I'm not even sure taxes are real certain. <laughs> they keep moving them back, which is not bad. We are all going to die eventually. And and the thing of it is that most of us are not going to die tomorrow or next week. It's going to be sometime in the future. And because of that, we put it off. We just said, I don't need to deal with that now. But I think the one thing that should come out of this pandemic right now is should realize that we need to be prepared we we need to have all of our important information located in one spot and we should know how to get to it and how to use it and the important members of our family um, the people who you want to be able to keep on going if something happens to you need to know where it is and how to use it also.
2: Well, and it's not even about death. It's, it's also if somebody comes disabled or comatose or like a lot of the people that got stuck on cruise ships during the pandemic. I mean, maybe their family members needed to take care of things at home for them. Yes. And they may not have yes. been able to find information. So there's any number of emergency situations or unexpected events that could happen, which would cause your family members to need to get to your important information. And like you said, they know need to know where it is and how to use it.
1: And it needs to be complete. During this time of of being able to stay at home, some people probably don't see that as an advantage, (laughs) especially if they're having to play uh, uh, teacher too. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's time to sit down and take a couple hours every day and just kind of go through this stuff and and get it all organized. You know, the first thing is you got to figure out how are you going to organize all this important information? And there's a couple of ways to, to do this. One is you do it all on paper. And if you do that, you need to be sure that it's secure. It's in a fireproof, burglar-proof location, like a safe. And I really hesitate to say safe deposit box. That's, not too many people have those anymore, and it's not accessible a lot of times when you really need to be able to get in and get it. Um, you can have it electronically. You know, it could be on your computer. If it is, make sure you've got a secure password uh, that protects the file. And make sure that it's backed up. In fact, I would back it up in a couple of places, maybe online, maybe on a thumb drive. And then there's online files. Many banks and financial services companies provide a, uh, a portal into their uh, secure database that... You can have your files, you can upload your files into their database, and they protect it and back it up and and make it accessible to you. Uh, we've done this, and we've had it for a number of years. Steve, I think you've done it also. Yes. And, you know, we call ours the bean book. It's just, you know, that's such a catchy title. but. <laughs>
2: Gee, it sounds like your name. What do, you, do you call yours the Steve book?
1: No,
0: I was just thinking about naming it the Bean Book.
2: Because
1: <laughs> that's kind like the way it sounded.
2: Well, don't get it confused with our Bean Book, okay?
1: <laughs> but, you know, what you're creating really is one-stop shopping for your family so that they can find all the important information that they need in an emergency situation.
2: So let's start with some of the important documents. The types of documents that need to be available are things like birth certificates, sacramental records like your marriage license, military papers, documentation on your trust, power of attorney, death certificates, your debt instruments, wills, citizenship papers, deeds, mortgages, leases, any documentation you have about retirement, Uh, vehicle titles, insurance policies, income tax returns, and copies of your passports and your driver's licenses.
1: And then the next thing that you really need to have a complete list of is all of your important contacts and advisors. Now, these are the professionals who are handling different affairs that you have in your life and that your family would need to contact them in the event of an emergency. So that would include things like the, your attorney, uh, who's your accountant, who's your insurance agent, who's your financial advisor, your real estate advisor, your banker, your broker. I think you should include in there things like who's the electrician, who's the plumber, who's the handyman that could uh, come and do something for your wife if something happened to the to the husband.
2: And you should include a list of your physicians. You know, that would be Absolutely. important to have.
1: Absolutely. And and actually, not only your physicians, but the medicine that you take on a regular yes. basis. Yep. And then uh, the other thing that people will sometimes forget about is the key contacts at work. Who's your boss? Who's your boss's boss? Now, I know those things change. Change is inevitable, which is why it's important to get this all down once so that when things start to change, you can go in and in five minutes you can make that quick change and 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 make sure that your book is up to date
2: you know i think most people have this information but it's probably on different statements or different bills or the contact list on your phone or a spreadsheet or notes on your desk but it's important to have it all updated and in one information in one place and in one format steve and
0: i I just want to say that you are so right because if you're listening you're listening and you are the executor of your parents' estate or your, ch- your ch- one of your children or yours, wouldn't it be great to have everything under one under one binder or in the cloud or in a you're safe at home. You know, Audrey and I worked with a woman from church whose husband passed away unexpectedly, and he did everything. He handled all the finances. So when he passed away, it took us several months to look throughout the house for documentations on investment, his insurance company, uh, passwords. In fact, the first week, his wife had no idea where they even banked. So Having everything in one location sure would have relieved her of uh, unnecessary stress.
2: Yeah, when my when my, um, when my mom passed, she had all her information updated, organized. Um, it was such a blessing to me and my sister because we really didn't have to go through and try to shuffle around and find things or guess at her wishes.
1: Yeah. So a big part of your financial situation is what the bills are and how they get paid in today's world when so many things get paid electronically they get paid automatically you don't even get a paper bill coming to the house anymore and maybe it goes to an email address or, or things like that you really need to have some kind of a, a listing a paper listing a, an electronic listing you know we're kind of spreadsheet junkies so it's easy for us to put that kind of information on a spreadsheet and you list the uh, name of the company that issues the bill, what the account number is, what day of the month does it normally come in, or days, you know, maybe it's one or two different days, okay? Whether it's coming in monthly or quarterly or annually. And how do you pay it? Do you physically write out a check? Do you do an auto-draft from the bank? Do you pay it with a credit card? Do you use the bill payer function uh, that the bank provides? how are you paying it?
2: You know, John, one thing you skipped is how the bill is received. A lot of these don't come in on hard copy anymore, but they might go to a specific email address or there might be a, uh, an electronic invoice from the business's website. So you need to know how it comes in.
0: Or if it's an automatic payment.
2: Yes, definitely. So the, the family needs to find out how to get into your email address if that's how it comes in.
0: And that's the kind of information that you're talking about that yes. should be spelled out absolutely yep. because absolutely. you
2: don't want your family to be in financial trouble because you forgot to tell them something or they simply didn't know anything or about. the lights
1: of the house go out and
0: yeah.
2: yeah yeah i mean all that stuff could happen very easily uh,
1: another tool that will be helpful to your family and it should be helpful to you as as you monitor your the growth of your retirement funds and, and things like that, is just a financial statement of a net worth statement you know list all your assets list all your liabilities what's left over or the the balance between the two is what your net worth is you know from an asset standpoint you're going to list all your cars your boats your personal property your bank and and brokerage accounts uh, real estate as far as investment accounts are concerned you want to list all them the stocks bonds mutual funds company benefits retirement benefits all that kind of stuff And then all of your debts, that would be every single credit card that you have, all your consumer loans like auto loans or furniture loans or loans from Uncle Fred and Aunt Jane.
2: Your mortgage.
1: Everything, yeah. Everything that is involved in your financial picture. Student loans. Yes, yes. You got them. Your net worth is a great way to see if you're being a good steward, if you're paying off all your debt and... If you're saving for the future.
0: All of these tips and recommendations that John and Evelyn are discussing are part of our five-week small group study called Set Your House in Order. Take a look for yourself. We have all the forms listed right on our website, compasscatholic.org. Click on Books and Studies and look for Set Your House in Order. And start today getting yourselves organized, also your parents, even your married children. This is Manager of Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries. So Evelyn, we have discussed ways to provide your family with a financial picture of yourself and your family. What are some of the other things that we need to think about so we can be better organized?
2: So the third thing that is really important in order to give your family a financial picture is to have a spending plan that they can access and use. Because you have to know how much money you spend on a monthly basis now in order to anticipate any adjustments that need to be made if someone is uh, incapacitated for any reason or passes away.
1: I think it's really important, especially if somebody is incapacitated because you got to know what the bills are, things that have got to keep being paid because you know, you don't want to close out all those accounts. So, knowing those facts also can help you calculate how much insurance you need. You know, that amount is going to change as you move through different stages in life, you know, if income is no longer available, where do the survivors get their income? You know, what's available from insurance, from Social Security, from company benefits, pensions? uh, And so at the same time that you're figuring out life insurance, uh, you need to do an insurance inventory because your family members need to have a complete picture of all the uh, insurance that's in place and available to them life insurance homeowners insurance umbrella policies for the home auto policies health insurance disability insurance long-term care insurance if the person is working there's always work-related insurance that would cover life health disability dental insurance cancer insurance maybe those are really important things to to have listed so that you have a total picture for that family member that's gonna come in and try and help out in, in a situation.
2: You know, one thing that a lot of people forget about is online accounts and all the URLs and security questions and passwords that are needed to access them. You know, we use online stuff for everything. I mean, email, social media, bank accounts, brokerage accounts. It's just so ubiquitous that you have to know where that information is in order to have a family member use it, and that needs to be kept up to date, which is hard to do with passwords.
1: I think it's really difficult with passwords, especially if you're trying to write them down and then change them. You know, you got these passwords that need to be changed every 30 days or 90 days or whatnot. And, you know, you change it, and but then you forget to write it down, and you can't even remember it uh, two weeks from now. and
2: You can't even remember it tomorrow sometimes, <laughs> or the, the next hour after you sign off. It's really frustrating.
0: So, But, but for those that have, let's say if there's um, 20, 25% of the people listening already have this type of plan in place. This would be a good time to go back in and start updating,
2: especially updating. the passwords. Yes, up, especially passwords, because... They should be changed on a regular basis, and you don't change your password to just add a 1 on the end of whatever the password was and then 2 and then 3, you know. If you're using your initials with a 1 or a 2 or 3 on the end of it, that's not very secure. And you want to have the passwords that are secure. They're not found in the dictionary, Mm -hmm. and they're not a word that people can easily find, like your birth date or your street address or your road number or something like that.
1: You know, I think the easiest way to uh, do a password is, you know, unless you're going to have the computer automatically think it up, and then you're going to keep it in an automatic password manager. When you're trying to create a password, you want to have a password that has 10 or 12 characters in it. So how are you going to remember 10 or 12 characters? Well, create a sentence. When I grew up, I lived on at 123 Main Street in Fort Worth, Connecticut.
2: (laughs) Fort Worth, Connecticut.
1: (laughs) So you take the first letter. As a hacker, I'd be confused
2: already. (laughs) I guess there's a Hartford, Texas now,
1: huh? Yes. What you want to do is you take the first letter of each of those words. So when, W, I, was W, young, You don't even remember
2: your sentence, do you?
1: (laughs) I lived L, at, and that could be an A or an at sign, Okay, 123 Main, M Street, S, F, W, Fort Worth, C, Connecticut. If you pick something that's part of your personal history, then they are pretty easy to remember and it just makes it much easier.
2: Well, I could do that if I did when I was growing up, but I couldn't do that if I did when we were married since we're on our like 11th, 11th place we've been living since we well, got married.
1: Well, then you would use the city. When I lived in Bloomington, <laughs> Pittsburgh, you know, wherever.
2: <laughs> that would be very confusing. But it's a, good, it's a good way to generate a password that people can't easily discover, yeah. especially when you start substituting characters, like you said, the at sign for the A or the dollar sign for the S, that really makes a big difference. And
0: also, as you're updating your password, to make sure you update that that page on every one of the documents that you have saved, whether it's in your safe, safe to deposit box, in the cloud, or hard copy in a book. Make sure all the pages are identical.
1: That's why I suggest that people go uh, ahead and uh, adopt the use of an electronic password manager.
0: Well, I'm just talking about documents in general. The whole book should be a duplicate, not just passwords. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. okay. And if you've got an electronic password manager, then you only have to remember one password. That's the password to get into the password manager.
2: Mm -hmm. One of the things that the uh, coronavirus really brought home to me is the need for healthcare decisions, to make those decisions ahead of time. So it's important for you to have a HIPAA waiver, a healthcare power of attorney, an organ donation form, and most of all, a Catholic living will.
1: Much of what our secular, materialistic society teaches strays from God's teaching on how we should handle our finances and our possessions. We should be really vigilant in making sure that our health care and end-of-life directives follow Catholic teaching, and not those of society that's looking for a quick fix to solutions, things like euthanasia having a Catholic living will actually focuses on the fact that, one, you don't have to be hooked up to all these life-prolonging machines for any reason at all. But what you do need to have is nutrition and hydration. In other words, food and water, okay? And you should have that until you die.
2: Along with other basic necessities such as being kept warm and clean and free of pain.
1: Absolutely.
2: The living will documents you're going to get from a hospital or a doctor often don't take care of those basic needs. And basically, they put you in a position where you're allowed to starve to death. And all the Catholic Church requires is that you be kept alive with nutrition and hydration, Mm pain-free, kept clean and warm until natural death occurs. Like John said, there's no need to be kept alive artificially, but we're not to prolong life. We're not to cut life short artificially.
1: That's it, exactly. Now, the Catholic
0: Living Will, a copy of that, is on our website. Yes, it is. CompassCatholic.org.
1: Yes. Yes. And in addition to that, many, many different dioceses have a copy of a Catholic Living Will also. There's a bunch of them out there. Just make sure that that you understand the, the most important aspect is that you get that food and that water until you die, until God decides it's time for you to die, not when the doctor decides. The other thing we, we have uh, in the, the Set Your House in Order Bible study, uh, where we have all these documents compiled into one booklet, is uh, funeral planning. What's going to happen at your funeral. And and this is kind of morbid for some people. But on the other hand, it's it's kind of nice to be able to kind of plan out the songs that that uh, mean something to you and the verses that mean something to you. Now, you can't just pick any song or, or any verse. There are a, approved lists that the bishops have put out. And we have uh, those lists in the Bible study. So you can take a look at it and and kind of plan out your funeral, are you going to be uh, buried or are you going to be cremated?
2: And if you're going to be buried, have you made arrangements with a funeral home and a cemetery? Because that was a great blessing to us again when my parents passed away. They'd already had their plots and their funerals and everything arranged. And it was such a relief that my sister and I didn't have to make any of those decisions.
0: My wife, Audrey, handles funerals at our church and she says a lot of times the the children of the parent come in to help arrange the funeral and it can be a, a stressful time because they're not from here and they really don't know what songs or what readings their parent would like. So having that all taken care of beforehand, again, we've talked about this earlier in the show the reduction of stress.
2: Well, didn't she have someone where... That's right.
0: The the Bible study came in and she had everything prepared and it just, she ran down the list. This is what her parents, because they took Set Your House in Order, the Bible study with their daughter.
1: So a way to show uh, your family how much you love them is by going through and completing all this information. Don't put it off, uh, because we never know what's going to happen. So
2: let's remind ourselves of three realities. Number one, we're all going to die.
1: We will all die. As uh, Isaiah told King Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you are about to die.
2: The second one is, We will take nothing with us.
1: Job said, Naked I came forth from my mother's womb, and naked shall I go back there.
2: And the third one is, Somebody else is going to get all your stuff.
1: Solomon said, we must leave them, his possessions, to the one who is to come after me. And who knows whether that one will be wise or a fool. Yet that one will take control of all the fruits of my toil and wisdom under the sun. In short, become a faithful steward. One of the best ways is to demonstrate
0: your love for your family and friends is to set your finances in order and encourage others to do the same you'll find all this information on our website compasscatholic.org click on books and studies and take a look at set your house in order it'll give you a blow-by-blow description of this small group study all the forms are on there that you need to kind of organize yourself organize your house it's all at compasscatholic.org And last week, we started to answer your emails using John Kennedy, who is our financial expert from Candor Path Financial here in Orlando. And these questions pertain to the situation that's going on. And a lot of individuals had financial questions. So, John, we've got you on the phone. Let's get right to it. We had a number of emails with the same type of question. Is now a good time to buy stocks?
3: Well, I think the answer to that question depends. You're sticking with some of the core principles of Your Money Counts. Of course we want to make sure that we have an emergency bucket in place we want to make sure that we have a crisis budget that we can check the boxes of all the other priorities before we get to investing in things like the market or stocks but that being said if we can check those boxes and we just objectively for a moment look at the high to low that occurred in this most recent bear market one could definitely argue that there's a lot of value. That was a big flash sale that occurred in the stock market. And from high to low, it was as much as 40% at one point. So I think if we believe that it's time invested in the market and not market timing, and we're not getting caught up with trying to pick the absolute bottom, then yes, for sure, it's absolutely a good time. One rule of thumb that we would suggest is whatever the amount is that you're considering to invest, so let's just, I'm going to use a random number, but let's pretend it's $12,000. We would suggest taking that number, dividing it by 12, and then putting that into the market on a monthly basis systematically, so $1,000 a month for the next 12 months, so that you're not worrying about trying to time this and you're creating a rule around how you're investing in the stock market.
0: John, I love your suggestion on investing each month the same amount to get the highs and the lows. Okay, our next question is, at what point do I need to reconsider rebalancing my portfolio?
3: I think certainly now is a great opportunity to consider doing a rebalance. We talk to clients all the time about looking at this at least twice a year anyway, adjusting the amount of stocks and bonds that you own in your portfolio. So with the big sell-off that we've seen from this current bear market, now more than ever presents a really good opportunity to do that rebalance and force you to buy low and sell high
0: john thank you so much john kennedy is the co-owner of candor path financial here in central florida and he will be back next week to answer even more questions and there's still room if you have a question for john even two questions for john by all means email it to us at ask a s k at compasscatholic.org. that email address is ask a-s-k at compasscatholic.org. Also, if you have any comments or feedback about today's show, or maybe there's a topic that you would love to hear us discuss, by all means, email us your suggestions and your recommendations and your comments to info at compasscatholic.org. That's info at compasscatholic.org. For John and Evelyn Bean, we want to thank you so much for downloading and listening to our podcast. And remember, we have a brand new one for you each and every Wednesday morning. Go to compasscatholic.org, scroll down on the home page, click on the button podcast, and away you go. This is Manage Your Money God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries.